to the Wild Feather Podcast. I'm Brooke Dunwell, serial entrepreneur, sponge for life, and lover of people. Join me as we uncover the stories of courageous female entrepreneurs, founders, and investors pushing beyond limitless boundaries. Let's explore their creative journeys and pursuits to greatness. Thank you, Chesma, for joining us today on The Wild Feather. I am super excited to have you and learn more about your journey and how you started and became a founder and all of the fun stuff that you've got going on because you have an innovative mind and I love hearing about everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. That was very complimentary. <laughs> I really appreciate <laughs> it. I'm so thrilled to chat with you today and share more about my journey and kind of what I'm up to. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start from the beginning. Like how, when, why did you get started on your founder journey? Um, well, when, I, I think that's a tricky question to kind of answer <laughs> because um, I think this may be true of, of most founders. Your journey kind of, it really starts with an idea and you always have these ideas is really like doing something about it. So I'd probably say uh, the seeds for my entrepreneurship journey really were planted probably in 2017 when I was on a uh, vacation, actually, <laughs> to Cape Town, South Africa. And um, this trip, it worked out to be just by pure coincidence that it was all women on this trip. And we were hiking Table Mountain and having like the best time ever. And I thought to myself, wow, like this is so amazing. We're having a great time like exploring the outdoors and learning about each other and, and networking and connecting. But this shouldn't be by coincidence. Like this should be done on purpose and with intention. And um, that's really where the seeds were planted. I had no idea what I would do with that, <laughs> like that thought mm -hmm. or anything, but that's where it really kind of started. And uh, from there, a year later, I joined my very first um, accelerator in Atlanta. It was called Do Good X. And then um, really started to iterate and kind of get a little bit of traction on what I wanted to do with this idea. Um, and then from there I joined Founder Gym and that's really where things started to kind of take off and really take shape a little bit more around what I wanted mm -hmm. to do with this idea, what it would look like. And um, now what's Founder Gym? Oh yeah. Founder Gym is this amazing accelerator. It's um, started by Mandela Shoemaker Hodge Dixon, very long name, but she's such a powerhouse. <laughs> um, and um, they train underrepresented founders to accelerate their ideas, um, understand how to gain investment, how to pitch, um, build a team, scale a team, um, really all of the things that a founder would be looking for. And it, it has such a strong network and ecosystem. Um, so yeah, it was like the perfect place for me to be because I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't even know a lot of the terms that were being kind of tossed around. Um, and Founder Gym really kind of provided that space for me to, you know, learn at an accelerated space, accelerated pace and also, connect with other founders who were in the same realm as me, um, like mm -hmm. at the beginning. Um, it was also really cool, particularly with Founder Gym, because there were people that were a little bit further along too. So um, I could ask questions and they could ask of me, like from a novice lens, like what are the mm -hmm. things that, what are the issues that you're experiencing? So yeah, that's what Founder Gym is. And it really helped me quite 
quite a bit. <laughs> and it That's still awesome. does actually awesome. to this day because the ecosystem is so strong. Right. Okay. Uh, I was just curious because there are some other girls that I've spoken to and they're looking for accelerators and resources. Yeah. So I'm trying to like write down all of these resources that people utilize so I can share the info with others. Yeah, for sure. So I have, I have a ton of resources. I can share more. Um, the other ones that are coming up off the top of my head are Minwo. Um, it's another, not necessarily an accelerator, but definitely a great place for, um, female founders in particular looking for spaces. And then um, Flick is a great one as well, which I think is, um, no, you and I actually, I got connected over Alpha, correct? Alpha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Alpha yeah. is a great one. There's a ton. I could probably download right. more like later yeah, after the yeah. podcast. Yeah, that may but, be like an email. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the things too that I think is very diff different and difficult for founders, newer founders, is that you don't know which resources are right for you. And there's like a ton of them that are, you know, they tout, we can help you with X, Y, and Z. Some of them come with a fee. Um, it's really helpful talking to people who've kind of gone through the space already. And I've definitely have gone through the space and mm -hmm. gone through ones that are not as helpful. Um, so yeah, I, you know, can also provide like some context on like how my experience was for, for certain things as well. If that's Yeah, that'd be great. You. Yeah. I, I understand a lot of them. We used to get inundated with those programs and we'll do this and this and this, and we'll help you get funding and we'll help you do this, but you just have to pay us $3,000 or you can come pitch to us, but you have to pay us $3,000 right now. I'm like, honey, I don't have a dime. I'd be paying myself $3,000. <laughs> exactly. $3, exactly. Some of them that, that have a, a fee are definitely worth the investment for sure, but you have to do your homework and um, talk to other people who've been through the program, get their experience and kind of like what, what worked, what didn't, and, you know, find out if what you're looking for can be fulfilled by that program. Um, Founder Gym does, you know, since we were talking about that, it does have a fee, but for my experience, it's totally worth it. Um, you definitely get way more out of it than what you pay for. Um, but yeah, that is definitely an obstacle for a lot of them. It's like they, they have this fee attached to them, but yeah, right. I, I can provide right. more insights on that. <laughs> Perfect. That would be great. Okay. So you went through Founder Gym and... I went through Founder Gym. Um, I was also working full-time at Uber okay. at the time. And um, the cool thing at, at this time is that I was doing a lot of the skills without really realizing it that would help me later, um, in my founder journey. And those were, um, you know, launching programs and, um, iterating and quickly scaling them. Um, mm -hmm. so that was really cool. And, and I, I say this because that's exactly what you do as a founder. Like you launch things without really knowing you have to test a lot of things and then iterate based off of feedback. So, um, a lot of the things that I was doing at Uber was like, you know, getting, doing a lot of surveying and you do that as a founder, like you have to listen to your customers. You don't want to continue building something that they don't use or that they don't need. Um, and so it was really cool that I was able to do all of this stuff in my role and it really helped and translate it over as um, a founder. And um, 
yeah, so my role at Uber came to an end and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm really doing this founder thing now. <laughs> um, it's so funny. I tell people this is, um, you know, my role, I was very demanding and very go, go, go. And um, we were just kind of getting beat up in the press a lot. And I remember having a conversation with my sister and I was telling her, how I felt so overwhelmed that I wasn't spending so enough time on my entrepreneurship dreams. And I was just like, oh man, I love my role here, but it's taking up so much time and I want to be able to focus more on my journey. And then um, mass layoffs happened and I was like, well, I guess I've got all this time now. It's really <laughs> time to hit the hit the ground running and start to test things out and, you know, really go for it. So it's, it's really like a now or never type of thing. So that's really how my journey really started to kind of begin. I really just dove into it full force and um, really started to make more mistakes and, and learn from all of those things. And then of course, like COVID happened. And so I pivoted my uh, product a bit more, pivoted what I was doing. So now um, I've got such a, a much more clearer um, idea of what I'm doing and, and my audience, I know exactly who they are. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like Tell how the that. journey all happened. <laughs> it was yeah, very I not linear it. at all. <laughs> right. Right. But it morphs over time, right? Like the seed was planted mm -hmm. and you just have to let it grow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I think it's really important, um, for founders to not get caught up in the time frame of it all. So like I mentioned, like this seed was planted in 2017 um, at the time and throughout all of this time, I had been working full time and still kind of figuring out what this would look like. Um, and even now, um, I'm still, I still consider myself at the beginning of my journey. It's still very early stage. So um, if I could give any advice, it's like, don't get caught up on the time frame. Like your journey is your journey um, and it'll change based off of, you know, things that are in your control and things that are not in your control at all, like COVID, like nobody, nobody could have prepared for that. You just have to be willing and able to like, listen, um, to what's happening in the world and your customers and feedback and pivot accordingly. But yeah, that, that time frame, don't let it get you caught because <laughs> it, it can mess with your head, but like, don't, it can. don't let it. It can. It definitely can. I feel like there's also, well, when you get investors involved, I think you feel like you're on a race against time. And that's when stress comes mm -hmm. barreling in, but that's a whole nother story. Um, so tell us what you're doing. Try and conquer. But then there are different components of try and conquer. So is try and conquer like the umbrella company and then you've got outdoor bestie. Yeah. Um, are there going to be other things? Yeah, there will be other okay. things. Um, I'm very excited about those other things. So Try and Conquer <laughs> is is the is the company name. And underneath the company, I have Outdoor Bestie, which is an app that um, really facilitates outdoor activities for Black and brown women, Black, Indigenous women of color, um, specifically to help them on their health and wellness journey. So all of our activities kind of are designed around mental wellness, physical fitness, and um, emotional well-being. So you'll find things like, um, and they're very inclusive as well. So they're hyper-local activities taught by women of color for women of color. So you'll find things like um, fit and fat yoga, which um, is very inclusive of all different types of bodies and um, shapes. And so 
that people know that they can join and do these things without, you know, feeling uncomfortable or unwelcome in a yoga studio where all the the yogis look a certain way. I've been there and I felt uncomfortable. And um, it's, it's really a place where you can find a community and find different activities to fit whatever um, wellness uh, challenge you're facing right now. So for me, um, and I think for a lot of people too, I'm um, just coming off of COVID or not coming off of it. We're still operating in a COVID COVID world. But one mm-hmm. of the things that really happened for me is that my anxiety hi- heightened quite a lot. And so, um, doing things like meditating outdoors or even just taking a walk outdoors or, um, you know, connecting with my friends in a, in a, socially distanced picnic, all of those things, you'll find those types of activities on our app and you can um, book them in your area. And even if you're interested, you can host activities in your area and um, you get paid for them as well. So definitely all about like supporting women and supporting their well-being, but also economically. So if you sign up to be uh, on our app to be a leader, um, you would then be an ambassador of, of outdoor bestie and you can lead outdoor activities in your area for women who, who need those things the most. Um, yeah. So that's what outdoor bestie is. Um, in the fall, I'll be launching, uh, retreats. So wellness retreats that are like fully holistic and all inclusive, um, here in Jamaica and Montego Bay and surrounding areas that will, utilize um, a very, again, like hyper-local approach where we're using um, wellness and talking about wellness in a safe space and doing it um, in a way that really speaks to different modalities and different ways of thinking about it. Because one of, you know, I think one of the, the biggest issues around wellness now is that I'm grateful that it's become more talked about and it's, you know, quote, trendy, but it also prevent or creates like this um, this obstacle or this brand of wellness being accessible to certain types of people, our wellness only looks a certain way. And that's absolutely not true. And so the retreats are really around helping women to define what wellness looks like for them. And so we open up the conversation and explore all these different types of modalities of what wellness can be and what it can be for you and helping women to identify what that can be um, for them Um, So they go away with practical uh, modalities and things that they can put into practice when they're back home, when they're not in Jamaica, if they're not living here. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited for that. It will be five days of um, community building and self-exploration and um, just all the goodness that wellness uh, can be for you. That's super cool. That sounds like a ton of fun and super enlightening. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping it will be. I think it will be. I don't want it to be like this very uh <laughs> I, I hate to make fun of the wellness world, but it kind of comes with the territory. Like it can kind of be like this um inaccessible thing where, you know, people are saying self-care all the time and I, I don't want it to be this thing that looks like it's far away or distant. It's it's absolutely inclusive and it is accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, y- you were telling me some information before in this. I'm only I'm only bringing this up because I was um, 
mortified. I don't know if mortified. I just couldn't believe the information that you were telling me about how things go undiagnosed and maternal health and um, mm-hmm. just all of the challenges that I don't think a lot of people know. Like I didn't know. Right. And it's not because I don't want to know. I just, how would yeah. I know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that That's the big thing. It's like um, information is, this is one of the, the key pieces of, of try and conquer an outdoor bestie is that we're, you know, again, we're building to helping women on their physical and mental health journeys. But a big part of that is information and access to information. And um, you and I, our conversation before was talking about how black women, um, women of color, but particularly black women are disproportionately affected by a lot of high risk illnesses. Um, and I spoke specifically about, heart disease, cardiovascular diseases, diabetes, stroke, um, chronic stress, all of these things. And then we also talked about um, the, the black maternal mortality rate. Um, it's so unfortunate that, that this is the case, but it, it is true. And um, it's something that I've been affected by. My family has been affected by heart disease and diabetes and stroke run rampant on my maternal side. And it's something, it was actually the big catalyst of, of me building try and conquer and, and actually getting more clear after iterating, you know, through these accelerators of like, this is actually what the meat of this is. Um, mm-hmm. It was something that affected, you know, I lost my grandmother my great grandmother and my mother in 2009 had, um, had a heart attack and she had to have a, a cardiac stent and I became her primary caregiver. And it was very eye opening for me because I, you know, of course I knew like, oh, my, you know, granny passed from this and my great grandmother passed from this, but it really kind of scared me. (laughs) I was like, oh Mm -hmm. my God, like I could lose my mom. I don't want to lose my mom. And then on the other side of that coin, I don't want to lose my life to the same thing. Do you think that these things could have been prevented from a different lifestyle or from education or from the healthcare system in the fact that? It felt like you were saying before that you either get brushed off or they misdiagnose. They just mm-hmm. like, or they don't even diagnose. They yeah. Like, yeah. What are some of those challenges? There's no, there's no one answer to it. It's, it's yes to all of it. Oh, um, uh, yeah. These are these are diseases that can be preventable and that can be you can do definitely do things to manage your risks for them. Um, mm-hmm. For me. Um, I'm genetically predisposed to them. It just, it runs in my family. Like it's in our DNA at this point. Um, but there are things that I can do and, um, had, I think for me, had I not gone through these terrible situations with my family, I probably would not have known. Like if my mom had just passed and, you know, it was like, Oh, heart disease. Like doctors weren't warning my mom. Like she Mm -hmm. didn't have these conversations, even though we knew now two people in your family, um, very close to you have passed away from these diseases. Um, it just is very unfortunate, but, um, the conversation that we were having before was like around, um, being misdiagnosed. And that comes from, you know, to be just like transparent, it's our healthcare systems. They are rooted in racism and, um, healthcare professionals tend to not take black women's 
uh, health concerns seriously. So that can lead to things where you're not being properly diagnosed for mm-hmm. for things that um, are causing you issues or like they, there's this, um, I forget the technical term for it, but there is um, a bias uh, in pain, in our pain thresholds mm-hmm. where healthcare professionals dismiss our pain as that we have a higher tolerance for pain. So a lot of times mm-hmm. Black women do not get pain medications or um, because there is this thought of you know, we are actually not experiencing the pain that we're having, that um, they don't run the tests that are associated with that pain. Mm-hmm. Like you could have mm-hmm. abdominal pain and they're like, oh, well, they're, they're just exaggerating or you're not actually experiencing this. And so because we're not, they're not taken seriously, certain tests are not run for that or certain things are not looked at because for whatever reason, um, over time, you know, these things are kind of like ingrained in our healthcare system where, um, they're just not taken seriously. And this is, it has been very detrimental in particular for, um, women who are pregnant or carrying, um, it it just, it really sucks and it's unfortunate. And so one of the big things with outdoor bestie and try and conquer is that we want to, and we work towards ingraining information and, and access to information in our app and in our um, in our programming. So you'll find things like tips on conversations and questions you should ask your doctor when you're going in for your physical or your healthcare. If you're at this age, you should um, maybe talk to your family members and, and go through your family history. And, you know, when you go to your provider, they have you fill out that questionnaire. Like, mm-hmm. do you have... Um, they ask you like questions like if you're a smoker or has anyone mm-hmm. in your family had these diseases or et cetera, et cetera. Once you fill that questionnaire out, open the dialogue with your doctor to, to discuss those things. And you can actually demand and be an advocate for yourself. And um, one of the things that Outdoor Bestie is doing is trying to empower women with being their own advocate mm-hmm. for that, because a lot of times that's kind of how it starts. It's like you have to, you know, ask these difficult questions or demand, um, services, which is in itself like so incredibly problematic, but, um, it's really trying, we're really trying to equip women as much as possible to do the things that are within our control, um, Mm -hmm. while we're trying to, you know, in, in a lot of other ways, push changes in the systems itself, but definitely empowering women with, you know, information and confidence to like boldly ask these questions and say, actually, no, I I think I'm experiencing this issue. Let's run an MRI or whatever that issue is. So, yeah. Mm. I think that's fantastic. So now where are you at with the app? Did you, and where are you developing your app again? Are did you outsource that or are you doing it locally? So I am actually doing it all myself. Um, you are. I am. So the be- the beautiful thing now with technology that is that um, there are so many um, tools available for new founders or even solo founders like myself, where you can mm-hmm. um, launch your idea and scale it pretty quickly. So I'm actually using some low code tools. Um, before I was using a tool called Glide, and I'm actually moving away from that to another one, which I'll excuse me, I'll refrain from sharing right now because we're at the very beginning stages of um, transferring that over. But yeah, there's a, there's a ton of of resources for um, non-technical founders out there to kind of get their idea up and running where if you don't have a a CTO or you don't have a technical Mm -hmm. co-founder, you can absolutely still 
get your idea off the ground and um, and launch it. And so I was doing that with um, with Glide Abs. It was, it was working great. Um, I've just run into some issues recently where it makes more sense for me to move over to a different platform. But there are tons of other ones out there if you're trying to build an app. In particular, um, Bubble is a great one. I, I have some founder friends who've used Bubble. And um, there's, oh, there's an amazing woman. Um, she founded a company called Techwity and mm-hmm. um, they build apps for you. So if you need more customization or you want uh, a native app and need that developer support, you can use companies like that. And um, they're pretty affordable as well. Um, I was going to say, how expensive yeah. are they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a price tag associated with it, but right. definitely way more affordable and um pretty supportive than, you know, if you, if you were to, you know, do it the, the traditional route. If you a full team. Yeah. Yeah. If you had consultants, like it's pricey. Get pretty pricey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're in the process of building the app. When do you think that you will launch? Are you going to do crowdfunding before you have it on the market or after? Um, so they're kind of congruently <laughs> working okay. together right now. So the app is is live and active right now. Um, and it will be a pretty seamless transition where it will just look different. Um, so the app is available now at tryxconquer.app. Um, of course, okay. that'll it'll be outdoorbestie.app um, once it's all transitioned over. But yeah, um, in terms of crowdfunding, that will kick off in July. So shortly here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be doing crowdfunding on iFundWomen. Um, I think okay. it's a, an amazing platform. Their team is it just is. like very, very supportive, super helpful. They always have tons of um, free workshops and um, even their Instagram. They're like very active on there. You can ask questions in the in the chat or comment section. Um, so yeah, we'll be doing crowdfunding here pretty shortly this summer. Um, but the app is available now. Um, and if you're not on the app, you can check it out at outdoorbestie.app. It's bestie with an IE or a Y? With an IE, yeah. Okay. Um, why did you choose to go crowdfunding versus other funding routes? Just curious. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm sure some people are out there like, should I do crowdfunding? Should I do... Uh, should I go for angel investing? Should mm-hmm. I do VC? Should I bootstrap? Like, it's a big decision. Yeah, it is a big decision. But I, I, I think that the decision kind of comes to you based off of, like, no, or at least for me, no's and having doors slammed in your face. <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly. Have you pitched? I've pitched a, a lot. I've pitched a ton. Um, so um, there's... To, to investors? To investors, yeah. yeah also, it's yeah. for um, for programs like accelerators that have um, the funding the pitches funding, at the yeah, end. Yeah, the funding yeah. associated with <laughs> I've it. I've been through those. So you get lots of no's, which is which is fine. It only helps you get better. Um, typically, the no's come with feedback, so that's a that's the the great part of it. Um, mm-hmm. The bad part of it is like, oh darn, I still don't have the money that I need to move forward in the next in the next phase. So right. that's the beauty of crowdfunding. Um, you you can still um get the get the finances that you need and there mm-hmm. um I'll, I'll at least speak to i fund women it's equity free crowdfunding so the money you raise is yours and it kind of pays out immediately so that was like 
Oh, that's the reason nice. why. Yeah, that's the reason why I decided to go with um, iPhone Women. There are tons of other crowdfunding platforms out there that are amazing yeah. and that can also like help. Kickstarter. Um, There's tons. Yeah, yeah. Kickstarter. Um, but for me, the the way that I came to this decision is, um, you know, let's call a spade a spade. Like women, particularly women of color, founders get like crumbs when it comes to funding and it's very difficult to even get into get in front of um, investors who are writing checks and um, a lot of times what has happened is um they don't they don't understand what you're doing because for me and for a lot of founders of color or even founders in general you became a founder because you're solving an issue that probably affects you personally and so mm-hmm. um just the, the way the VC world is is set up, it's changing a lot now, but, um, traditionally it's a lot of white men. And if I'm a woman of color, I'm speaking to a product that is built for women of color. They don't immediately get it or they don't, they're not even aware of the issues that we're facing in terms of like healthcare and why the outdoors is, you know, why, would I build this app for women to get an outdoors? They can go out. Yeah, we can go outdoors, but it's not always safe. We don't always feel welcome. And mm-hmm. um, there's not always access to those things. So um, there is a bit of a disconnect from uh, a lot of VC people and kind of what I'm doing, um, which I'm grateful that now it is kind of like changing. I've had the, the immense awesome opportunities to pitch to like women investors and women of color investors who are like, Oh my gosh, I get it. I understand what you're doing and, I'm, and I love it. Um, so I decided like VC definitely isn't, well, I guess I, maybe I didn't decide VC kind of decided for me. I'm um, also very early stage. So that was also kind of what helps to inform my decision. Um, and it's, it's more so that VC isn't right for me right now. So right. right now, what I'm focusing on is um, traction for our customers and building my crowdfunding campaign to get to the next step. So yeah. for me, um, crowdfunding was the best way to do that. I also am pitching to angels. Um, so I would say um, it's a mix of crowdfunding and angel investors, which are, are very mm-hmm. different. So angel investors are typically... Um, a little bit more accessible than VCs. They also are more personally um, invested in you as a founder. Mm -hmm. And um, you have that kind of like personal one-on-one mentorship. Um, They also kind of take on more, I would say more of an advisor mentor role than a typical VC where they just write checks and they're like, come talk to us in six months after you've met X, Y, and Z metrics. Um, Whereas angel investors are like, let me help you get to this. Let's have these conversations and regular check-ins of how you're getting to X, Y, and Z. Let me introduce you to um, this other founder or uh, Let me open I up my resources money to you personally, right? Like they're personally, yeah, yeah. It's their personal that. money. Yeah, it's like their baby. Yeah. So yeah. they, I mean, of course, traditional venture capitalists want you to succeed as well, so they get a return on their investment. Right. But it's a different level of um, a, a different level of relationship and, and commitment. Yeah, it's definitely more mm-hmm. personal. Yeah, that's awesome. So. What would you say your biggest obstacle has been? Um, there's a couple. <laughs> I think the biggest 
I, I feel like the biggest one, actually, I can't even say one is the biggest. There are three that are probably okay. most top of mind. So um, the first I'll speak on is like being a solo founder. Um, yeah can be quite lonely, um, very difficult. Um, I have, you know, uh, apprentices and interns and I have advisors and I'm also at the, at the point of getting, um, my first angel. So that's, that's different. Um, but I'm still, I don't have a co-founder, so that can be very lonely and, um, you can kind of get in your head a lot as a solo founder. So, um, that's definitely one of the obstacles that, that has been a challenge, particularly. How do you, how do, you do with that? Like how, that, it's huge. It's yeah. Huge. I mean, yeah, yeah. being an entrepreneur is lonely, man. It is a lonely road and it's hard work. Yeah. And some days you just want to bounce. I, you just want to talk to somebody yeah. <laughs> to know that you're not in it alone. Like, please. For sure. Um, the way that I've kind of dealt with it is leaning on my community and it's diff it's different now because, um, for me in particular, like now I'm in Jamaica, but even still like with COVID where we weren't meeting in person or catching up at the wing or like, you know, you know, a co-working space or something like that. So definitely, um, chatting with people like less, I'll set up a Google hangout and I have like a bi-weekly meeting with, you know, my advisors or some of my founder friends who know, particularly solo founder friends who know exactly what I'm happy, what's, ha what's happening, what I'm going through because they've been through it or they understand the frustration and the mindset of, you know, just like how you can kind of spin your wheels. Um, so definitely, I lean on my founder community and these are people that I've met through, you know, founder gym, um, through pitching competitions, um, through like alpha, um, I've met people through lunch club as well. Um, so yeah, that's really kind of one of the ways that, that I have been able to reset and, and combat that, that loneliness feeling also taking breaks and building in that time for yourself to, you know, take care of yourself because, you know, as a solo founder, your to-do list, it, it always is growing. Like there's always a lot to do. Um, and then I also say delegating. So, you know, I spoke at the beginning of the, of the conversation to having, um, apprentices and advisors. Um, so leaning on them for support has been really helpful for me as a solo founder. You know, I don't have a co-founder, but I do have, I do have a support and um, as a solo founder, I think, at least for me, I'll just say this from my own perspective, it can be difficult to ask for help sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if that's just like a me thing or if it's a solo founder thing, but I know that I have that. And so like when I find myself getting into this place where I'm having this challenge and I know the challenge is because I'm doing it all by myself, I'm like, okay, now this is, this is the point where you need to delegate and ask for more support on all of these tasks, or maybe even just talking to someone, um, or even just venting to someone. Cause sometimes it's just like, I just need a vent session. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's how I have, you know, kind of gotten through that. Mm -hmm. The other challenges are, um, I guess this is probably the same of being a solo founder is, um, the people close to me, like my family, my partner, they want to support, but they have no idea how to support because they're not 
in my shoes. They're not a founder. Um, they're not entrepreneurs. Um, my, I do have uh, two, two of my sisters are also entrepreneurs, so they kind of get it, but it's a different, it's a different world. They're in like the product space. So they have like stores and, and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different, but um, that's kind of like a, a challenge and a frustration where you, you know that they love you and they care for you and they want to support you, but they don't know how. And so <laughs> it's like yeah. a frustration on both, on both sides of it. Um, so uh, the way I that I that. kind of, yeah, the way <laughs> that I kind of navigate that space is really just meeting people where they are. Like I know, like with my sister's, they understand like the customer part of it and dealing with, you know, a different difficult customer or understanding that um, you have to listen to their feedback um, to iterate. So it's really kind of like knowing who you're talking to. Like mm-hmm. uh, my partner doesn't understand tech at all, <laughs> but he's very supportive and wants the best for me. So, you know, it's usually like, Hey, I need to vent. Can I, can I talk to you about this? And it's more of me just downloading because he can't give me any like tangible feedback on any of this Mm -hmm. stuff because he just, Mm -hmm. he's just not in that space. Um, So it's like really knowing what people, what each person can provide and who Mm -hmm. to go to for, for what that is. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one of the challenges as well. And then the last one, which I've already kind of spoke on is definitely the, um, the capital. So Mm -hmm. early stage solo founder, um, particularly in the big beginning is you putting up your own personal finances to fund this, this dream and this passion that you have. And it can be very difficult in the beginning. So definitely, um, needing to get out of that space very quickly. So, um, you know, this is where the crowdfunding for me comes in. So the challenge is capital and needing capital and, and not either not knowing where to go for it or not getting it, which I spoke mm-hmm. to with, you know, pitching to VCs yeah. and um, not getting accepted into accelerators that have that capital attached to it. So those are definitely like other challenges and how, I'm, you know, kind of solving to that is doing the crowdfunding and, right. um, you know, getting my early users and all of that. So yeah, though, there are definitely challenges, but there are ways to kind of like address them. They're not like a hundred percent solvable, but they're definitely manageable and kind of help right. you maintain so that you can get to that next step. Yeah, absolutely. So what keeps you motivated? The things that keep me motivated are, um, the, the passion, I guess. It's just like, <laughs> I have this, it's so, um, it's like a fire in you. Like I want to succeed, not even just for me, but like, I, I, I guess it's like the community, like the feedback mm-hmm. that I've gotten from, you know, early surveying and like advisors or even pitching to people where, you know, it's a no, but they're like, Oh my gosh, this is great. I want to see you succeed, but we can't like, you're not there yet. Um, Mm -hmm. it's that feedback of knowing this is a great service. A product is so necessary and needed. Um, there's a gap that I'm feeling, feeling in the marketplace that is definitely, you know, the people that need it are going to gravitate to it. Um, those are the things that keep me motivated and, um, you know, sharing a little bit of my personal background of like, I don't want to have these health issues. I want to, um, 
I, you know, I want to lower my risks for all these health issues that are out of my control. Um, and I also want other women to, to be able to do the same and like live these long, healthy, fulfilling lives where they're not stressed all the time or on all of these medications if they don't have to be. Like, let's figure out and explore all of the different modalities. And um, outdoors is, is just one way. There are so many, but like, let's explore and talk about what's available to us and figure out what we want to, what each individual woman um, mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like opening the options and and letting people choose for themselves, basically. Like Mm -hmm. those are the things that keep me motivated. Yeah. What do you want your legacy to be? Um, and if you don't know, that's okay. I, (laughs) (laughs) that's a hard question. I feel like when I want when my name comes up in, in mm-hmm. spaces that I'm not in, even now, like I want people to be like, Oh, Chasma, like she really tried her best and she succeeded at, you know, passing, even if it's not successful, she succeeded in passing the baton. And I kind of feel like that's what, um, even in my own family dynamic, and I had this conversation with my partner recently, actually on my birthday, we were talking about um, the African diaspora and like all of these different issues that we kind of face. And what I was sharing was like, you know, I have had conversations with my mom where she feels like she didn't accomplish everything that she wanted to accomplish. And I'm like, mom, you're still alive. You still have time to accomplish it. Mm-hmm. And maybe you didn't accomplish it, but you gave me a ton of skills and you gave my sisters a ton of skills. Like you didn't start a business, but three of your kids did. Like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like you were able to pass the baton to someone else and they can take it further. So mm-hmm. I think my legacy is, um, it's kind of hard to be like, Oh, I want to be a millionaire. <laughs> like I don't right, attach right, money right. to it, but I definitely, I uh, want my legacy to be like, damn, this girl really tried and she got further and she passed the baton to, her entire community to have conversations around health and wellness and taking control of, you know, how they're looking at health and wellness and, um, how we're, um, also even like prioritizing the outdoors and our ecosystem. I think that's so big and so necessary as well. So definitely like, I would want my legacy to be like, I'm passing the baton, I guess. (laughs) I love that. I like it. It's fantastic. So how can we help you? We want you to succeed. And how can we help you succeed? Um, You can help me succeed by um, supporting the crowdfunding campaign. So we'll have our crowdfunding campaign live on iFundWomen. The company is Outdoor Bestie. Okay. Um, or the product is Outdoor Bestie. And um, you could also support and help me win and succeed by um, getting signed up on the app. So right now the app is um, tryxconquer.app. That, again, will be (laughs) changing to outdoorbestie.app. Is is that on Apple and Google or is that online? 
it is online. So it is a web-based app so that it is accessible. Excuse me. It is accessible to everyone, regardless of what platform you are on. Um, Likely after the crowdfunding campaign, we'll do um, a native app that will be published um, to iOS and Android. Um, But right now it's, it's web-based. And I did that intentionally because places like Jamaica and the Caribbean and places that really need um, outside of the U S of course, healthcare in the U.S. and this is definitely necessary and needed in the U.S., but they utilize the internet and um, technology differently. And um, I wanted it to also, uh, and you'll hear this echoed a lot in my messaging is like accessibility and inclusivity is so important to me. And um, that includes um, technology and, Mm -hmm. and, and digital access. Like there's a huge digital gap and digital divide across uh, economies. And so making it web-based was very important to um, make sure everyone had access to it. Yeah. I like that. And what uh, geographic areas are you going to start out focusing on first? Um, so we are capable of accepting members in the U.S. and Jamaica and um, focusing specifically on the U.S. and Jamaica for right now. There are cities that are, um, I don't want to say priority cities, but um, cities that are um, more active. So places Mm -hmm. like um, Oakland and San Francisco Bay Area, Atlanta, and um, St. Louis, Missouri in the U.S. are more active. And so we'll definitely be doing like pop-ups and um, flagship events in those cities. And then places in Jamaica like um, Negril and Montego Bay. Um, But I mean, the island is very small, so (laughs) it doesn't really matter in that regard. But um, yeah, so those are the the areas that I will be focusing on in terms of hosting flagship events. But it's Mm -hmm. open for anyone to sign up on the app right now in, in the U.S. and in Jamaica. Yeah, that's awesome. Fantastic. Well, we definitely will uh, promote the crowdfunding um, campaign as much as possible and promote your the app and try to get some more subscribers. I think it's fantastic, especially uh, I'll promote it here. I think I, we talked about that in Detroit. Like, I think it would be fantastic in Detroit. Well needed for sure. Um, so it's awesome. I'm so excited for you. And I have this sneaky suspicion that it's not going to stop with the retreats. I feel like you're going to be a serial entrepreneur and there's going to be amazing things that continue to grow and, um, and you create more innovative things. I don't know. I could be wrong. But Thank I you. Like- I appreciate yeah. that. No, I definitely, I ha- I'm always, um, I don't want to say daydreaming, but I'm always ideating and I have all these ideas in my head about like um, making things better, improving things that are, you know, either broken or just like not efficient. And so there's definitely ideas cooking. There's always something going on, but um, (laughs) I definitely am focused on um, outdoor bestie right now it is definitely uh, a huge labor of love. You know, as I mentioned, like this idea was planted years ago. And so it's been incubating for a while and I'm ready to like release it to the world and have more people sign up for it and, and explore 
um, the outdoors and explore different ways of finding healing and talking about health and wellness. And so, yeah, definitely focused on try and conquer and outdoor bestie, but there's, there's definitely more coming for me in the future. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been fantastic speaking with you and, um, hope you're able to cool down in uh, Jamaica over the next (laughs) month or two. Likewise. uh, We'll check in with you. I'm going to send you some follow-up information. Maybe you can drop some of those um, resources so I can share those on our website for other ladies as well. Absolutely. More than happy Um, to share those resources. Yeah, perfect. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks. This was great. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Wild Feather. Be authentic, be limitless, and love yourself. (laughs) 